Season 2, Episode 14, Interview with Kwaku Anning, Director for the Center of Innovation and Entrepreneurial Thinking at the San Diego Jewish Academy and Radio Zamundo co-host. The VR Podcast, your realm for all things immersion tech in education and business. Prepare to be transported. Here are your hosts, Alex, Stephen, Amanda, and James. Today we welcome an educator who uses media, tech, music, and authentic moments to create change. He is the director of the Center of Innovation and Entrepreneurial Thinking at the San Diego Jewish Academy, and he hails from the hashtag, I am from Fiji. Kwaku Aning is the producer and co-host of Radio Zamunda. Welcome, Kwaku, to the VR podcast. Thank you. Insert canned applause here. (laughs) (laughs) So, dude, um, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your career? I'm going to make it really hard for you to be serious during this podcast. Know that. (laughs) We need that. It's going to be really hard. Um, I'm going to give you like the quick, the quick version of it. Um, I was a music teacher for 10 years, K through five. Um, And I worked in schools uh, in Manhattan and Brooklyn, mostly. I'm originally from New York. Um, I was also a a working musician at the same time. At, At one point I was a jingle singer, I've also been in a bunch of indie rock bands and, and all of that. Um, and then um, as the music teacher, I reached this point where I sort of hit uh, a ceiling of, of just, I, I was sort of I was stagnant, I was bored. And um, as a music teacher, you always have all this extra time during the day because kids aren't coming to you nonstop. Don't, as, don't, don't, don't tell your colleagues that. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't work here anymore. But for those of you who are thinking about studying music, know this, but know also your job gets cut first. So, <laughs> so um, I would be the one where the classroom teacher would be like, hey, I, the Wi-Fi is not working. You know, can you help me out? Because I have these kids in front of me or I can't connect to the printer. Or, can you look this up for me? And I was like, oh, maybe this is a job. And so I did yeah. some research. I applied to grad school, ended up going to NYU. And then after that, I was a tech consultant for New York City uh, uh, public schools, middle mm-hmm. schools specifically, around this grant that was giving Title I schools, kids from Title I schools, free computers and free internet access. And my job was to work with teachers to help them to develop digital content that the kids could access from home. This was pre-Chromebook, right? This was, oh. this was right around the time Chromebooks were coming in. Oh, really? Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially these companies were just, you know, they were taking like refurbished desktops that they yeah. just replaced and yep. they were just giving them to kids at schools. And, and then um, the internet piece, what was that mobile hotspot? Could you- uh, no, it was like, it was like at the time it was like Time Warner and like, uh, oh. like they were part of, it was, it was like a huge federal grant. So they gotcha. were getting write-offs for giving kids free internet access. Um, so I did that for about four years. Uh, and then after that, I went to go work for a CMO, Charter Management Organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that role, I worked for this one organization, and I was in charge of 28 schools across three states. 
mostly Brooklyn and Connecticut with one school in Providence, Rhode Island. And that was just the whole other side of it because it was very top down. But I learned a lot about, and this is where Chromebooks really came into play. I learned a lot about um, integrating technology across several different schools. um, And also, you know, working with things like Clever to sort of like create like personalized menus for each school. So the kids Mm. still have single side dashboards. Exactly. Um, and then from there, I'm giving like the whole story. This wasn't short. From there, I wasn't going to work. <laughs> I thought this was going to be short. Um, I'm, I'm coming home though. I'm, I'm coming there to. to no, the, no, no. Uh, I, I went to go work at an independent school in Memphis, um, and I was there for the past three years. And I think that's where I met both of you guys on, on yes. the Twitter vibes. Yep. yep. Actually, for me, it was inside of a, a CPD and VR with Steve Bomberry. But that was that was also while while I was uh, okay yeah because yeah. it was about yeah. for me yeah for me it was definitely VR EDU chat um, on Twitter yeah. and then we ended up having a conversation at some point. So from Memphis, I just moved to the left coast, the west coast. Some might even say the best coast. Best coast, baby. Steve is cheering. Visibly. I am. Um, yeah. There it is. Uh, <laughs> and so that's and now I work in San Diego, which is pretty amazing. Nice city. Yeah. Yeah. Nice school. Too. Yeah. No, definitely a, a nice school. Are you, uh, what was your former school or is it, are we just going to zip past that and I didn't ask that question? Oh, no, no, you didn't. Okay. No, oh, no, right. I, no it's uh, Lausanne Collegiate. Okay. Awesome. And that's, that's, enough. that's a great, I mean, it's a great school as well. Yeah. And that I'm going to tie this into the VR AR stuff. Mm-hmm. That, that was where I sort of got into VR and AR because I had an, uh, I was the director of innovation at that school which was great because uh, there was a separate director of technology and it was, it was one of those jobs where they're just like, all right, we'll find the really amazing stuff and bring it to us. And so wow. I'm like, well, you know, this was 2015, 2016. I was like, well, VR seems pretty amazing. Let's find out about that. Yeah. So did you do some, some VR projects in that role? Cause I think yes. we, we talked a little bit about, I don't know why I'm thinking about like a 360 Fiji project. Was that one of your projects? Okay. So, yeah. So, or am I jumping too far ahead? No, no. Cause all that happened around that time. Okay. When we talked, I think I might, I might've asked you about that. And I was, my emphasis in Memphis and even here in San Diego, we'll talk about this later on yep. is students creating content yep. as opposed to content being created for them and using emerging tech as the vehicle to do that. Um, and so I worked with an amazing group of kids in Memphis on two distinct projects. The first one uh, w- was where kids used uh, Unity to create an escape room around photosynthesis. And they built it based upon the model of I expect you to die. So a lot of the mechanics were the same as far as how you pick things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they literally built it themselves. What I did was introduce them to the design thinking process to help them plan it out. And we were all learning Unity together, but they blew past me. And so I was like, all right, well then, you let me know what you need as far as software and hardware, and I'm going to get out of your way. Um, So so we did that, and then that happened over the course of two, basically two school years. In the summer in between, I put together a VR camp where we partnered with St. Jude's, uh, St. Jude Children's Hospital, not St. Jude's. And uh, we had all the kids who were in the VR club were my camp counselors, mm-hmm. helping kids who are new to VR 
um, basically build out these animated VR movies that were based upon questions that uh, St. Jude gave us. And one was, what was the cause mm. of cancer? And two, what is the effect of St. Jude on childhood cancer? And so as part of that process, we brought in um, one uh, former St. Jude patient, although you're never a former patient, because you can always go back. And then my college roommate's wife agreed to be interviewed by the kids because their oldest daughter had kidney cancer and had to have a kidney removed at like two years old. So we got the kid perspective, and meaning the, the patient, and then also the parent perspective. And then the kids used that to create storyboards and to come up with their ideas. And then the St. Jude people came in and gave them feedback on the storyboards. And then we brought in people from Tennessee Tech. Um, they have a program there, and I'm totally spacing on the name of it, but it will come to me and I'll send it to you guys. Maybe you put it in the credits or whatever. But they sent students to come and just help kids code. Um, and, and all that took place over a week. Wow. <laughs> a busy week yeah and i i have a running theme of just like trying to do these things that i don't fully understand how to do but just uh -huh. going for it anyway and but then I, take the credit for it right the kids i, I, mean, I, I led you kids, no, no, i no. got you there no i'm kidding okay it was all them so you know fast forwarding to the i am from fiji thing i yeah. some of the work at the un and when i was home i was in brooklyn you know visiting friends I crashed with her for a couple of nights and I was like, Oh, you know, she had this thing coming up that there was project she was working on. I was like, you guys use VR. She's like, you should do it for us. And I was like, I'm sure there's someone at the UN who can do it. You don't need me. And she's like, no, you should apply. And so I applied and oh, you're going to hear this in the background, but my five-year-old is attention. Um, so <laughs> I applied and I guess I was just ridiculously naive and I had the lowest bid. But essentially, I went to Fiji with a cameraman, this guy Vance, who was really, really amazing. And we interviewed kids and shot them in 360 video over two weeks about climate change. And we went to all these different spots all over Fiji. And then we came back and, and we found someone to edit it. The guy who's in charge of like 360 video at YouTube recommended someone to me. And uh, this guy, Chase Massengill, who's also amazingly talented especially since we didn't know what we were doing with the GoPros we were shooting with. So he yep. cleaned up a ton of our footage for us and made it look great. And then the UN sent us to Germany to go present it at the, at their national climate or their, sorry, global climate change conference. So like the Paris agreement was yep. one of those conferences. And so this conference, even though it was hosted by Fiji, Fiji is too small. So the conference took place in Bonn, Germany. Wow, wow, that's that's an amazing experience. And that was PD because I didn't really know that much about shooting 360 video. <laughs> so I was just like, all right, yeah, I'll do this. I'll produce this. You know. Is that something that is still up on their site or that you have access that to is, that we can I share? Thinking, I was thinking the same thing. I'd love to yeah. see it. It's on YouTube. You, you oh, search, nice. search I, am, but I Am From Fiji. Yeah, I Am From Fiji. You search for on YouTube and there are four videos and each video is a different color, so yeah, you can. Yeah, so you could pop. You could if you have an Oculus Go or even just a phone-based VR headset, you can just yep. go search it up on YouTube. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. Sweet. Yeah, so that's yeah. so that that has led me, you know, the the sort of uh, accidental or the sort of mm. falling into things or chasing after ideas is kind of what led me into the role that I have now, 
which is a very similar role where they're just like, well, we want to, we want our kids to be exposed to things that will not only make them smarter, but will empower them um, moving into yeah. the next job economy. And so yeah. for me, that, that ties into uh, empathy and emerging tech. Mm. And it also ties really, I mean, cause you're focused on that aspect of student creation yeah. and, I think you you have something really special that's coming up here June 10th, right? Yes. Um, that highlights yes. that. Your yes. work, others work, other people's work, students specifically. Right. And I want to stress, it's yeah. never really about my work, but it's about yeah. the kids. But, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just, because I, I can't take credit for just being lucky enough to work with you. So humble, man. I, <sighs> you know, it's not, it's anyway. Um, so myself, um, my good friend, Kevin Emerges, he's at Rutgers mm. Prep. Um, and my really good friend, uh, Julie, who, oh my God, I'm spacing on the name of her school because she just changed oh. schools. No, she's at Buckley in New York City. I was going to uh, say Buckley here. There was no way, but okay. In, yeah, in, there's in one in LA, yeah, but she's, she's at the Buckley New York City. Okay. Um, and we have this, uh, this, this person that we met at the VRAR conference in Vancouver. Her name is mm. Valerie Echeveste. Uh, the four of us have put together a student, uh, basically a VR conference that focuses on student-created VR. Mm. And so the emphasis is really on creating a space student on work. the student. It's yeah. all about student mm. work. In fact, our keynote speaker is one of my former students from Memphis who is a freshman in college and teaching high school kids about VR. Nice. <sighs> yeah, and that, I have not wow. seen a student I haven't seen a student, a, a, a conference focused on student work. So that's brilliant. You know, yeah, I, know. Well, I think, and, and you know, now that we're at the point where we're a month out, I kind of understand why, because we were just like, oh, this is great. We're doing this. So everybody's doing this and not really the case. Mm. <laughs> not, not everyone is, you know, it, there's a real range of the amount of work that's being done with VR in schools. Um, there's this woman who's also, so we have the emphasis is on student, student created work, but we've also created this separate track for educators who want to start their own programs where they can talk to kids, but also talk to other educators who, yeah. and hear other educators present who started their own programs. And this woman, Marie Graham uh, from Atlanta, from Mount Vernon Presbyterian School in Atlanta, she is doing ridiculous stuff with kids, so like basically like the escape room project that I've done, like we were talking and she basically started around the same time and she just really blew it out where she has kids creating VR applications for pain relief for kids within hospitals and they're actually piloting that in hospitals. Um, yeah, so we, you know, we're, we're fortunate to have found these people and so she's bringing kids to this we, there's this other cat rohit who's from kansas city he couldn't bring kids and so we reached out to chris madsen who Steve, sure. I know you know. yeah absolutely. and so engage is going to sponsor that part of it so we have two or three schools of kids that are yes. presenting remotely in engage and then they're going to send our, they're going to send their their projects to us so that after they present then people can try out their work and ask them questions as well so is, is it a, there's a physical component and there's also a virtual component to the conference? Correct. Okay. But I'm sure our listeners would want to, if, if, it, if there's opportunities for people to, well, what, what are the, where, where is the conference being held? Yeah, let's talk about that. When is it happening? <laughs> is there, is there a way for listeners or people that have VR to get involved in some way? And if so, what, what great are question. Questions? 
Great question. So initially, we were we were really emphasizing the idea of like getting people in a space um, so that you know the kids can talk to educators, talk to some industry people, talk to each other. But travel is not cheap, yeah. you know. And asking someone to come from you know Alabama or Mississippi or even the Atlanta kids are coming, but it's hard to get everybody to come. And so we've recently sort of amended and said, all right, you guys can present and engage. And so um, we haven't. We haven't really figured out how to open that up to the public yet. I think the best thing that people could do is to go to our website, which is www.vr-ed.org. And worst case scenario, what we would do is record some of the student presentations and then post them up there. Um, and then we're looking at the 2020 event to figure out how we can create a VR ac VR access to this conference. Because once again, there are VR conferences and then there are physical, but it's rare that people combine them. And I understand why, because it's kind of difficult, but that yeah. seems to be what I try to do. So I'm assuming the physical part of it is being held in San Diego. No, actually it's not. Oh. We, that is a really great point. The physical part of it is being held at the Windward School, which is in Los Angeles, because okay. wanted to position it um, close to like physically and also date-wise around E3, because a lot of the audiences sort of overlap. Gotcha. Um, and so this is taking place on the Monday before E3 kicks off. And what what's the date of that conference? Uh, so the date of our conference is June 10th. June and 10th. Okay. E3 kicks off on June 11th. Okay, if E3 is the big video game developer. It's the big video, right? exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And if you're not a huge video game head and maybe you're like kind of into VR, but you're more into makerspaces, then Windward School, they were nice enough to sort of sandwich us together with their own, with their own conference, which is more of a makerspace conference, which also nice. happens on the 11th in the same space. Wow. It's on the, the next day? The next day, exactly. Okay, okay. Um, is, your, is, the, is VR Ed, is there a cost to attend? Um, as yes. a teacher, educator, or student? Yes, okay. there 100% is. Okay. And, and I'm pulling up that info as we speak. Yeah, no. <laughs> but it's, so essentially, um, there are early varied rates until May 10th, but we've actually expend, uh, extended that. And so public school teachers receive mm. a 50% discount if they want to come. And if you're a member of the VR, AR Association, you actually receive a 20% discount. Okay. And so the event itself is $100. Um, and that, you know, includes lunch and that's basically for the day, but the early bird is 80. Gotcha. Gotcha. Which has been extended. And so if you're a public school teacher yep. and you're in the region, you get to come to this event for only $40. That's pretty affordable PD. Yeah. That's really, really good. That's I mean, awesome. not even covering food really. And that's amazing. <laughs> that makes it very accessible. If you're a private school teacher and you register within, I think it's within this week, maybe, I think we might extend it a little further, it's only $50. Mm, you know, mm. If you're traveling, it's also cheap. But if you want to, you know, there's a, there's a rate if you want to combine it with, um, if you want to combine it with uh, the other event, the Maker, the maker event, yep. then it's 125 for both days. Um, and then the 50% off, you know, will be nice. 125 divided by two. Nice. I'm gonna let you guys do the math. <laughs> Luckily, there's no video. You just you see my eyes go up I and know. calculate that one. <laughs> I'm pulling up my phone. 
I think that it's really key that the industry partners that you have and that are listening should recognize that um, education is a big vertical for them. And as much as there may or may not be a lot of content now, and we're waiting for every single thing to hit at once, right? So content, hardware adoption, ubiquitous, you know, everything. But look to the fact that middle school students are creating AR, VR experiences today. Lower school. I mean, if you lower school, about, if you're talking about co-spaces, like you yeah. have like fourth graders who are using co-spaces to create content in AR and VR. Yeah. Um, so along those lines, I would yeah. say if you're teaching upper elementary um, through through high school, there this is an event for you because there are things that are scalable. Um, so, for instance, if you know with an elementary school, would I put a fifth grader in front of Unity? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But do I think that CoSpaces uh, scaffolds the process of Unity and enables students to understand how to tell 300, like 360 degree stories? Absolutely. Yeah. And getting kids out of the mindset of a fixed frame for storytelling, I think is one of the larger challenges of getting kids to create VR. Can we put like more than one person clapping right here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like we're doing our our kids a disservice if we're doing this flat 2D thing of storyboarding, producing, post-production, and consumption. We must also do that same thing in an immersive 360, 180 capacity, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. Because it's Uh much different. It's very different. And the, the amazing and kind of scary part about this field is that it's so new and it, it just changes. It's like you buy stuff and it's already outdated. And so that's the part that's frustrating. But the good part about this is that there's so much opportunity for work. Yeah, and yep. the sooner that students, and it could be teachers too, but the sooner, the sooner that students understand how to express themselves and tell stories through this medium. And the way that if you watch the TV show Mad Men, you know, they had their art guy and he was telling stories and Don Draper would tell stories with his words. Stories is really what pushes us forward because we see ourselves within these stories. We relate to it. We, cre- we create an emotional bond and that motivates us to action, whether that's buying something, whether that's contributing money, whether that's taking on a new outlook. The sooner we get kids to understand how to do this, in other words, understand, get them to understand how to express themselves beyond what we were given access to at that age, the more empowered they're going to be for the future. hundred percent. I mean, if we're talking about the future of work, which we won't get into in high detail, but if we're, we, hinting, we're hinting at it, we are, we are, if we're looking at, you know, maybe the professional middle class and it's the legs that it has, yeah. then purpose, creativity with intention, yeah. all of that yeah. is extremely important for uh, these young ones that are going to come up into the workforce. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to set you apart. It's not going to be, let me learn coding because how many people are out there that know coding but need a job? So right. creative, passion, uh, intention, um, those are all key. And, you know. and I'm going to add on to that, all the, yeah. soft, all the soft skills that you develop when you're trying to learn how to do this in conjunction with other people. Those are the things that companies really want that you're not really, I mean, and maybe Alex, you can talk more to this, but those aren't actual classes in college. (laughs) You know, you probably learn it through group, you know, group projects, but those skills are the ones that are really marketable. Everything else we're all, and all of us as educators, we're constantly learning new approaches to the to sort of keep up with these shifts in technology. Um, well, what you're saying, I think, was 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 really on point with 
um, you know, the soft skills piece of, you know, technologies are always going to continue to change. And, you know, one of the challenges in hiring is like, you want to have somebody that is not just has the skills right now, but they're able to learn and they're able to interact with others effectively and communication skills, listening skills, empathy are the kinds of things that you are looking for in an employee that you want to work with. But now we have this new medium also where you need to pay attention to all of those things when you're developing content for it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually you're raising a really good point because I was just talking about it from the group perspective, but the way like the, uh, the emotional responses that people experience using this medium, you do have to pay attention to it. Yep. Like when we were shooting, um, we're shooting the stuff for, you know, for the Fiji project. That was something that we became really conscious of when we were able to go back and look at the things stitched together. We're like, Nope, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Either this isn't emotional enough or this is way too emotional and it's going to distract people from the focus of this piece. Yeah. And there, I mean, as an editor, you can, you know, you, you wave the magic wand and you can, you know, in a two, in 2d editing, yeah, just, you can make somebody look great. You can make somebody look like an idiot. It's all how right. you cut the tape and, and add in the audio and everything else. But now you've got a whole new superpower with, you know, 360 VR editing and how do you put that together and how do you yeah. turn somebody's attention from one part to the other? I mean, yeah. there, there's no book out that really lays all this out because it's being invented every day and people exactly. are technologies and there's going to be haptics and there's going to be, you know, sound you know, sounds and light focus. I mean, we're, we're exploring the ways to draw your attention in yeah. the world right now. And we're experimenting with different ways. So it's a, an emerging, it's an emerging experiential medium. Yeah. And we're all just sort of starting to <laughs> understand. It's, it's almost, uh, and this is the music teacher in me. It's, it's sort of, it's sort of like the Beatles formula for a song. So the Beatles came up with pop with a pop structure the bands today still follow so do pop artists you know verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus you know outro yeah and so the beauty of it when you hear it done well because radiohead will follow the same structure but it's the subtlety and the creativity around that structure Mm -hmm. and that is like the really amazing the fact that like we're still figuring out that song structure for vr once that subtlety starts to come into it that is going to be really real. And I, you know, you see examples of it where it's like you're playing a game and a flock of birds fly by and then you look to the left and that's where the, you know, where yep. your starting screen is, you know, yep. but that's, or the, like there's a sound and it's a stereophonic sound and then, and then it, it, it guides you that way. But the idea of being, mm-hmm. being able to manipulate all of these senses to tell richer stories that, that help create um, uh, larger moments or more authentic moments and also empathy for specific causes like that to me is just super exciting. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I just want to, one thing on that note, Kwaku, it's, it just hit me. As, as you're drawing sort of a linear path to, uh, as you create music, yeah. when you're creating 360, not only are you creating and we're trying to figure out how to best guide the audience, but that as the audience is consuming, it's an inquiry-based experience for them. Mm. They can experience it in so many different ways. And, I think that gives us much more opportunity over the long run to figure out what this really means. Yeah. Um, so we're yeah. not just going to get to point from A to Z instantaneously. This is right. going to be maybe a lot longer than some might think when they think that tech, tech just advances so fast. 
Right. And it's not about the destination. And time, because I, I got a text as we we're recording, I was like, you know, like, mention this about the conference. Like, what's the point of it? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that is the point of this. The point of this is that the kids on that journey, yeah. how much are they learning? Yep. Yep. Because it's not so much about the product, because the product that they're going to produce is only going to get better because the technology is going to get better because their skills are going to, to get better. But what I witnessed with the students that uh, built that VR escape room, the amount that they learned about photosynthesis, like I kind of understood photosynthesis, but just being in the room with them as their, as their you know, advisor, I was like, oh, well, I didn't know about brothel blue or how these things work. I don't remember any of this stuff. And they, the thing that empowered them to do that was they chose the subject, they chose the grade level, they chose the topic. Yep. Yeah. They, they chose all of it and they developed such a deep understanding of it. Yeah. And they're learning through the programming. They're learning through developing the medium. They're yep. learning through trying to figure out how to teach it to that target grade level. Yeah. They're yeah. all, and they're going to be able to look back at those experiences and be like, oh yeah, I, I've done some VR development. I've, right. I mean, right. so they might become future teachers. They might become developers. They might become mm -hmm. researchers. You know, you don't know, but they've been exposed. So the, along those lines, the kid who's giving the keynote speech and he's a freshman in college. Yep. But he, you know, when he, we started the club, and this was at Lausanne, he was the person who taught himself Unity. And so he was my ringer. I was like, all right, great. You're going to come to the meetings. When the kids describe what they want to do, you're going to create YouTube videos that show them how to do it in Unity. And that, you know, that, I mean, I don't know if you know, he's probably going to be a developer and be a billionaire at some point in his life. But um, him having that experience, that's what empowers him to be able to teach kids now and the stuff he like, he is literally so, and he, he might hear this, he might not, but I try not to tell him this too much. He is so talented that he did um, a blockchain lesson for his kids about how to code things out in blockchain. And I was like, Hey, can you tape that for me so that I can learn? <laughs> <laughs> Coursera or yeah. Right. And also think about his perspective when he's, you know, in college trying to pick a major or investing right. what classes he might want to take. These experiences are going to inform all of that or what company he's going to start while he's in, in college. He's already started one. He right. already has clients where he's building up VR and AR experiences for them. Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, and that at the end of the day, that is the goal of, and it's, so the, the conference is called Sam students, students as makers conference. Yep. Yep. Um, and that, that is the goal to really just empower students um, to realize their power in this medium. And also for them, you know, because we're also going out of our way to invite a lot of local like school kids to come as well yep. for kids to, to realize, oh, well, I don't need to be a coding master to be able to do this. Because if you think, and I would use this analogy with the, with, the, with the students all the time, when websites first became a thing, you'd pay some dude like $3,000 to build out a website for you, and you'd pay him like $500 a month to maintain it. You know, now yeah. anyone can build a website, you know, for like 45 bucks a month. It's super, it's super, super easy. Um, and I'd like to believe that there's going to be a level of that, and it's already happening with VR, where it, it, it's becoming simple and it's easier mm. for students to see the fruits of their labor or to see their ideas come to life quicker. Yep. Nice. So um, a lot of, lot of educators are listening to the podcast. Um, mm. 
what advice would you have as you were, you know, you were bringing kids into VR and, you know, sort of inspiring them and helping them get started. And what advice do you have for teachers that are looking to bring VR to their students? That's a really good question. One, um, okay, I would say this. One, if you're freaked out by it, that's where you need to be. If you're like, I'm not exactly sure how to do this. I don't know if I can teach kids this because there, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've coached a lot of teachers and there's some teachers who are just like, all right, let's just do this. I trust you. But they also have the benefit of having me there. Yeah, and then there are some teachers who are just like, no, I need to understand this first before I take it into the classroom. And this is really to say, try not to get in the way of the process by placing your, by creating the bottleneck of you having to have the knowledge first, you know, because at the end of the day, it's not, and it's hard, whether it's a public school or a private school or a charter school, whatever, it's hard to not place so much emphasis on the product, but it is not about the product at all. It is literally about the process. And that's, I think that's an uncomfortable place for a lot of teachers to be not being the expert on everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's something that you, the teachers are the expert on the content. Mm -hmm. And so, and I, if I were to, if, uh, you know, my advice and, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that day giving advice around this stuff, but my advice would be to really focus on the design process yeah. because that is so closely related to lesson planning or curriculum planning. Yeah. We're all, if you're an educator, you've had experience with this mm -hmm. and let kids in on that process and then let them go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. create parameters, you know, create barriers, you know, like the bumper lanes, if you're bowling, you know what I mean? To help, you know, to make sure, like I was talking about having the kid create the videos. I didn't know how to create those videos. And the other project where I brought in college students, there's so many resources and people really want to feel good about what they're doing. They want to feel like they have a sense of purpose specifically in tech. So there are so many resources. I was in Memphis, Tennessee, and I found multiple resources. Memphis yeah. is a wonderful city, but I wouldn't call it a tech capital right now. Yeah. I mean, they, there's really it's the, it's a lot of amazing stuff there. So if I can find resources in Memphis, most, wherever you are, you're, most, most of you are going to be able to find resources. And also reach out to people. Hit up both of these guys on Twitter because I hit them up to be like, hey, how do I do this? What, what do you think about this? Like Alex, I'd never even met him before. Like I would just follow his, his uh, hashtag and I was like, hey, can I call you? And I'm weird like that, I'll call people maybe on Twitter. Yeah. Hey, can I talk to you about this? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, that's, that's I so tell awesome. students that too. Like, you know, you can find experts and you know, if you explain that, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a high school student and I'm interested in X and you're working right. on this, right? you know, Hey, what do you, what are your thoughts on this? Or, you know, what major should I look at in college or right? how did you get your start? You know, these are all questions that, oh. you know, students have this, you know, unbelievable access that they may not even realize they have, yeah. to, you know, to experts, to researchers, to developers, mm. to yeah. people starting companies. Um, but I think it's, you know, getting it, make social media a little bit more social. And I, I, I like to connect by phone with people if possible to, right. to make that personal connection. So then when I see them online, it's like, you know, that's not just that guy's little picture and right, whatever right. he says. It's, he's, he's a real person behind there and we've had a conversation. Right. He knows right. me and I know him and we respect each other. Right. And, I, and I'm going to learn from it. And I can, like, yeah. I, I, Steve will even say it, like, I'll call yeah. him up, like, at least once a month, like, hey, dude, I'm working on this and this and this. What do you think about this? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, 
And um, this was not possible before, right? Yeah. Because how would we have ever known each other? It, we wouldn't. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. And then if we wouldn't. Sorry, I was just waiting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we wouldn't. And then, of yeah. course, you've got, you know, all of us are telling our kids, like, you know, and I agree, right? Read those EULAs and you're under 13. You shouldn't be on it. But, I mean, the earlier you can appropriately be on social media and set that footprint and expand your network as a youngster, dude, you yeah. got a leg up. A <laughs> hundred, I mean... <laughs> You know, whether it be, you know, through like Instagram or whatever, or even LinkedIn, like I see high school kids on LinkedIn and I'm like, that's brilliant. Yeah. I didn't think about LinkedIn until like grad school. (laughs) You know what I mean? Didn't LinkedIn have a LinkedIn kids? I'm sorry. I thought there was an under 13 for them. I think I, to be honest, I I think I haven't seen that. Okay. I haven't seen that. Or maybe they were talking about, I don't know. There were, Actually, I've heard that LinkedIn has dropped all of their high school stuff. They're not doing high school stuff anymore. Right. I mean, as far as like programming, like through right. like lynda.com. Yeah. But, okay. I think it, but I think if you're a high school kid, you can set up your own LinkedIn account. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, we're, I want to sort of move towards wrap up. Yeah. So Kwaku, um, can you think of one closing thought you want to leave our listeners with today? Man, that's tough. Um, what immediately comes to mind is don't eat the yellow snow, but that doesn't sound very professional. So I'm going <laughs> to, um, oh, no, I don't seriously. know what that means. Am I missing a joke? No, you're from Albany. You know exactly what that means. Don't, <laughs> oh, eat, don't the yellow eat snow. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly what that means. I thought you said uh, donate. I was like, no, no, donate no, no, no. the yellow snow. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. Like no, no regrets. It's a tattoo in the making. Um, No, I I would say this, that uh, I've been pleasantly surprised by how open uh, industry people are to educators trying to do interesting stuff. And if, you know, in the way that we are trying to create these moments of intrinsic learning um, for students where it's just, they're, they're excited because they can do the new thing that they couldn't do before somehow as educators we slip into a transactional piece like well i'm not going to do this because they're not going to compensate me or or my time is valuable or i'm not going to share this out and what i found is the more i share out the more i get back and the oh. more i reach out to people the, the more not even just like the social currency which is huge but the more i gain from reaching out to people which is literally how I, I have the privilege of being on your podcast to promote this conference, you know? Yeah. And finally, don't be afraid to do things that you don't understand how to do. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to make a career out of that, but it's a double-edged sword where that career, you know, it's like I'm in that place because I've taken enough risks to try things and, you know, and you know, some things land and some things don't, but there it it helps to prevent you from becoming stagnant as an educator and it also empowers you because it gives you the skill set yeah very well said very well, well said kwaku i think it's been a real privilege uh having you on this podcast and i think our listeners will agree um i Thank really you. appreciate you yeah on and, and sharing what you're doing i'm inspired by you and i think i'm most inspired by just your 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 grit and your ability to take those risks and try things and and bring these this kind of stuff to to your students and, and don't get me wrong it's not easy 
and I get freaked yeah. out. I do have many yeah. panic attacks in the middle of it, like, what am I doing? But yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, um, mm. So where can people find you online and stay updated with what you're working on, Kwaku? Uh, they can uh, they can find me at Kwaku, K-W-A-K-U-1, at Kwaku1. Another guy got the at Kwaku, and I'm looking for him. So if you find him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so that is, that's probably the best. That's probably the best place to, um, to sort of, like, keep up on stuff. That's where I think I post the most stuff or, like, interesting things that, like, friends like you guys are doing. This is where I post it. Um, and then oh, also, mention your, I would mention your podcast too. Oh yeah. We didn't yeah, yeah. see now you're gonna have to get, now you're gonna have to have me back. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, the podcast is called Radio Zamunda and it's basically a podcast about creativity. And mm. so it's uh, myself and a friend of mine who's a, who's a really amazing actor and we bring on educators, we bring on musicians, uh, we bring on filmmakers. We had a stuntman come on, which was one of the most interesting episodes ever because the guy would create full action stunt scenes when he was a kid by gluing together all of his toys. And he didn't, like, he didn't realize what he was doing. Um, and so the podcast is basically about the creative process um, and how people end up in these places where they're doing amazing stuff. Awesome. And I nice. also just want to mention your, your conference is www.vr-ed.org. And that's coming up in early June. June 10th. June 10th, right before E3. Right before E3. So if you're looking for that student-created yeah. student VR content conference in the LA area. At, at the Windward School in LA. And all the info is on the website, including yeah. registration, how to get there, all okay. of that. So that's vr-ed.org VR yeah. for that. Yeah. Well, again, thank you, Kwaku, for taking the time to speak to us. And thanks for uh, thanks to our listeners for joining us, joining us on this journey. Uh, if you liked our conversation today, don't forget to check out our other episodes. We also want you to join in the conversation. Use hashtag VR podcast to ask questions or comment on VR, immersion technology, or even about the virtual reality podcast. You can always ask us questions directly in the Anchor app. Thank you again, Kwaku. This was awesome. And thank you. you. We'll see. I'll see you guys online, and we're out. All right. Thank you, guys. Peace. Want to hear more or connect with us? Subscribe to the podcast and find us on social media at The VR Podcast.